You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Whaley, MD. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles. Now, I'm not talking about the obstacles that we see coming, because there are plenty of times where we know we have a long climb ahead of us. I'm talking about the ones that are unexpected, the ones that can really set us into a tailspin. Because in reality, obstacles are everywhere. They're happening on a daily basis. And when we have no idea that we're coming, they really pack a wallop. And so often we see the obstacles as something that can get in the way of our goals or dreams, or it's delaying our gratification of an achievement, right? So a lot of folks go down a rabbit hole when faced with an obstacle, at least in the short term. And what I really mean by rabbit hole is they get overwhelmed and stuck. And when stuck and overwhelmed, we don't make any progress, right? It's like spinning our wheels in mud and the car just sinks further and further down. So as a refresher about overwhelm, overwhelm in itself is a protective mechanism, right? So rather than being mad at ourselves for getting overwhelmed, take a moment and recognize that that overwhelm serves a purpose in a lot of scenarios. And so the brain checks out when it's sort of overstimulated, it's had enough. And that is perfectly fine to be there. It becomes a problem when you're ready to move on and you can't figure out how to do it. And so all of a sudden, you're not getting a result you want. You're not problem solving. You're ready to quit perseverating about it, but you can't figure out. And if you're stuck and overwhelmed long enough, you just give up. I mean, it's sort of like crawling in the hole, surrendering and dying. You just sort of say, this is how it is. That whole process can go very quickly or it can take a really, really long time. So I'm going to give you an example of how I have faced this recently. So for those that don't know, my husband and I own a house here that functions as an Airbnb. We purchased it in large part because A, I have a big interest in real estate. I love crunching numbers. And so real estate sort of gives me my math nerd outlet. But number two, we sort of found ourselves without a home during the pandemic when our home sold quickly and we were building a house and our house build got coveted a billion times. It's been building for a really long time. And so my mother graciously took us in, but that was really a short term solution. And we could not find an Airbnb that 
was large enough for our family and that also allowed pets because we had a large dog. I'd love to say that this was a COVID phenomenon that you couldn't find it, but really that wasn't the case. When I researched the market here, I realized that there weren't really many Airbnbs that were a size that a family could truly go to, like a larger family, not just a family of four, and have plenty of space. And likewise, if you had a large animal, you were kind of SOL because the few places that did allow pets in that size didn't allow large pets. So I saw this as a service that could be offered to the community because the people who would be renting this Airbnb, it's a four bedroom, were going to be people that might have a large family or a large dog, right? The two things I just said, and who would have otherwise not had an option. So we found a beautiful property. We purchased it. We outfitted it with furniture. And we've slowly also been restoring it to its former glory because it's a hundred-year-old house, but beautiful, lots of character. And since it went into uh, service, we have rented it to so many families We hosted a family whose grandson was having heart surgery at Children's and the extended family all came in to support this young couple and they all stayed there and the grandson recovered at our property. I hosted some government contractors who had a huge German Shepherd. And let me tell you, I mean, huge German Shepherd. We have hosted families who had a difficult living situation and no place large enough to spend Christmas together. It has sheltered women who have suffered from domestic violence. And next summer, it's going to be donated to a music camp here to house the faculty that are coming in to do this not-for-profit music camp. So for us This is a whole lot more than just making spare income. This is about being a good neighbor and filling a need in the community for people to come and visit their families here and actually be able to all be under one roof. So, guess what I find out about this month? I find out that the city of Little Rock is planning to pass short-term rental ordinances, which at baseline, I don't have a problem with. If they want to regulate short-term rentals, go for it. But here's the kicker. It's some of the most stringent ones I've seen, where if you are a short-term rental and you don't live on the property, so you're not an owner-occupied property, you're going to have to go to the planning commission and do an entire planned zone development submission. So to be clear, that's like what you do for subdivisions and crap like that. So this was a departure from what I had seen previously as the ordinances. And all of a sudden I saw a path where our ability to continue to do this in our community was really unclear, like very, very unclear. I absolutely went into a tailspin. Number one, I really didn't expect the ordinances to have been revised so heavily 
and to be so disparate between owner-occupied and not owner-occupied properties. Number two, we purchased this property specifically for this role. And so if all of a sudden we couldn't do this, it really didn't make sense to have the property. And we weren't going to be able to have a property that's really close to Children's Hospital and UAMS for families who have sick loved ones. That just hurt my heart. And when I thought about the process of submitting a planned zone development submission, that was it. Overwhelm hit me like you wouldn't believe. I was sitting there thinking, I cannot do one more damn thing. Literally, that was the thought. And as you can imagine, when I'm sitting there telling myself something that's like, one more thing can't come to me, then you, you know you're already sort of teetering on that overwhelm point, and that thought solidified it. I was done. And in a short period of time, I was down in that rabbit hole, laying down in the ditch, ready to die. Not literally die, so nobody call 911, but mentally die. I mean, I was just ready to throw in the towel in like a three-hour period of time. Yeah, my brain was giving me some drama. And then I could not get out of it. I came home talking to my husband saying, we're going to have to sell the house. We're going to lose all the money in the furniture that we put into it, but we're going to have to sell this house. And I mean, this is hilarious. First of all, the ordinance hasn't even passed yet. But second of all, I just assumed that when it did pass that my submission of said plan would not be successful. I mean, I had predetermined failure. And I think my husband knows that when my crazy hat is on, you just sort of got to, uh-huh, I'm, that sounds tough. You know, you got to say all the things necessary not to bait me, but just to sort of make me feel heard. My husband has had lots of practice with that. And at the end of the night, I went to bed just not okay. Just really eaten up inside. I didn't want to cancel the things that we had committed to doing for the nonprofit next year. So sleep does tend to help me, especially if my brain is really tired. My brain will give me the shitty committee in droves and not function very well in terms of managing my mind. So the next day I woke up and I was much more rested and able to start working on getting out of this hole. And I did. And I had a renewed sense of kick-assery. I was sitting here thinking, no, I don't roll over and die in holes. Not long term. I figure out how to kick something's ass. So now I'm sort of excited about the ordinance. And here's why. I will be learning a new part of the process in real estate. There will be an experience here for me that I would not have otherwise. Just like when fixtures got stolen out of the house after we had closed. 
I still don't want to deal with one more thing. I'm still tired. I feel like I have a lot on my plate. But it's not that I can't deal with it. I just would prefer not to. So am I disappointed that I may have to go down this path about the ordinances? Yes. Yes, I am. But I'm okay feeling my disappointment. I can allow that. Allowing my disappointment is very different than getting to the overwhelmed place. Because the overwhelmed place is a place of contraction, right? It's like involuting on yourself where you really can't function outside of that. So I'm going to offer you now a framework for how I worked through this. Step one is, what is the worst that can happen in regard to this obstacle? So for me, when I imagined this about the Airbnb, it was pretty simple. We would turn around and sell it a year after we bought it and pay all of the realtor fees and not get out all of the money we had put in. And having really not, I mean, we're making some money, but not really profiting this year because we've been wanting to restore the house and we've been trying to use it to serve. So when I really thought about that, that's the worst that can happen. Like, yes, I don't want to waste money. I don't want to lose money. But I also can't sit here and judge myself for having done this, not knowing that an ordinance could pass. So if the ordinance passed and I did all the planning development stuff and I was not successful at getting it permitted, then I made the best decision I could at the time with the information I had available, period. Now, another thing I think we need to talk about is the idea of failure, right? Because often when we imagine what the worst thing is that could happen, that scenario is our equivalent of failure. Failure is a very fixed idea. So in failure, we, we tend to think that if we did not succeed at our goal, so let's say that my goal was getting the B&B licensed and continuing to provide these services. And so let's say I did not manage that. I failed at that, right? Failure becomes really finite. It's like I failed, period. Instead of recognizing that really that moment is the opportunity of pivot. You can take the data of not getting it permitted and decide like, what direction am I going to go next? It becomes failure that's really fixed and rigid when we just sort of roll over and die in the hole right there. And so it's okay to be disappointed again or sad and feel the feeling but then it's kind of a matter of how, how can I make this a win-win situation? Maybe I end up selling it and I lose money, but what have I gained from it? A hell of a lot of knowledge and experience. An experience that might benefit somebody else. And there will be so many silver linings for everybody. It's just different for each person. So that's step one. We want to really define 
what the worst thing is that could happen because until we do, what we perceive as the worst thing is sort of this innocuous black cloud that doesn't have any shape and it feels way more weighty and scary. And when we really define it, it takes shape and it often takes up a lot less room than the innocuous black cloud. Step two is clearly defining what you believe successfully conquering this obstacle looks like. So again, we tend to have a very innocuous cloud of success also, unless we're clearly defining it, right? And so we shortchange ourselves on a sense of achievement or success because we never define the goal. And even when we have reached something that many other people would consider success, we don't actually assign it that way for ourselves. So just like in failure, what we will do is take something that's very broad and ill-defined and we will define it. So in this circumstance, my first step in defining success really ideally would have been, well, the goal that I want is for the BNB to get licensed and to continue to operate, right? But I don't have any control over the outcome of my efforts. So that is sort of a setup if I'm defining my success based on things I have no control over. So if I look at it from the things that I can control, the things I can influence, I define success as learning new information, trying my very best to make this happen, so showing best effort, and no matter the outcome, no matter the result, getting data that helps me pivot and make my next move. Right? So in any obstacle, there is the opportunity to collect data that helps you grow, learn, change. But you got to harvest that data. So success is not dependent upon the result or the end point. Success is really about the process. And that may feel weird. But you'll find that focusing on the process really helps with the overwhelm and helps you keep moving through the obstacle. Okay. Now, the third step, ask yourself this really powerful question. Who will I become as I overcome this obstacle? And frame your response by saying, I am someone who, and then fill in your blanks. So for me in this circumstance, I am someone who does hard things. I am someone who is always learning. I am someone who has the confidence in herself that she is going to figure it out. 
right? Because that's all self-confidence is. Confidence that you can trust yourself to deliver, to show up for yourself. And lastly, I am someone who has my own back. That's it. Asking yourself that question is about tapping into the limitless potential that lives within that obstacle. At this moment, the ordinance that might or might not be coming is really just an imagined circumstance. But let's say that it does pass. The ordinance is a circumstance that really means nothing until I make it mean something. And as you can see, my gut reaction thinking about it was making it mean my dream of having this Airbnb and serving the community and having all of these families enjoy it is flushing down the toilet and we're going to have to sell the house, right? And let's say that that does happen. I'm going to be disappointed, but I can also make it mean that I can do hard things, that I learned a lot from this experience and that I have my own back. So whatever obstacle you're facing right now, Who are you going to become as you overcome it? Who will you be when you have overcome it? The choice is yours. That's all I have for you today, my friends. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing Monday. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to review it or rate it and share it with somebody that you think could benefit. Are you ready to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.